Standing is, is, is a statement around character and that character matters, both personal character and organizational character. And the, and the key takeaway is to really spend time determining what you or your company stand for. So um, with that, Frank, uh, welcome to, to, to our, our podcast. Um, to our listeners and viewers, Frank um, is a CEO of Anaplan. And um, I think uh, very time, very few times we we got to meet and and have a conversation with leaders who are um, leading a large organization and talking about um, culture and talking about and, and they have sort of the first hand experience of creating an organization that really thrive and and create this uh, a value system. Um, so with that, Frank, welcome to the to the show. Thank you, Vishal. So to start with, um, walk us through your journey. Like, what brought you to this day? So you know, I've, I I would start really talking about um, you know I've been doing what I've been doing for over thirty years, and so I've had the good fortune of working uh, in, with some great organizations. And throughout those uh, many years, uh, there are a lot of learnings, um, learnings about organizations, but also learnings about. Uh, working with some great people and and really understanding and appreciating different styles of leadership. And so the, the, the key thing that's really resonated for me over those number of years is that the character of an organization or the culture uh, of an organization is as critical as anything else in determining success. Um, and 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 that's that's why uh, not only just writing this book, but more, what I've done as a leader over the number of years uh, is to really learn and develop uh, those characteristics so that I could play um, a role in really participating uh, in uh, driving a character of an organization that people uh, feel a connection to. I think that's beautiful. And and, and um, uh, let's talk about your your leadership style, right? So when when you get into this 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 new role. Um, and leading a this organization, and, and obviously leading a large organization has been in your DNA. You have been doing it for quite some time. So, walk us through uh, from your vantage point. What does what does a um, a success means to you? I'm curious. Um, as a leader, um, I, I would say, um, and, and this kind of ties into kind of the theme of, of this conversation. Success for me um, as a leader is is to make sure that uh, you're leading an organization that uh, feels a sense of, a strong sense of belonging to that organization, a, a strong sense of commitment, passion, energy, because if they do, they're going to do their best work. And if they do their best work, it's going to help drive success for that organization. And I think uh, for a leader, uh, to encourage and help develop and lead that effort. It's not just the leader. It's working with everyone in the organization to be able to drive that and to really build a solid uh, you know, culture as, as a foundation. And then as a result of that culture, having a, a strong character that that organization can stand up to and behind uh, allows that, that attraction of great talent, that retention of great talent, uh, and then it ties to success. You know, I, I think it's important, clearly, for an organization to have a business strategy. Um, and what what is it going to take for you to sell 
uh, successfully in the marketplace what you do. But at the same time, to be successful, to have a very tight alignment uh, to that character and that culture, uh, I think it goes hand in hand. Um, and 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 from from your vantage point, as as um, as, a, as a good financial financial guy uh, coming into this uh, this this EO role, uh, so what does so if if we look at the market today, and and you have been part of uh, publicly traded companies, and there many times they evaluate a, a company from the bottom line perspective from the numbers perspective they're doing healthy they're not doing healthy and and then um, i was i was talking to tim o'reilly about this this idea of uh, how market perceives market ha has this two kind of standards so one is says company like ge so if the company is very old school they they are treated differently they have to really not miss their numbers they have to keep performing and then on the other side if you if you if you talk about say companies like say Netflix and some of those companies who are extremely tech focused, extremely high PE ratios and all that. And then, so when you um, see today's times where a lot of focus as a leader is going away from say, hey, okay, financials are good, but it'll be good if the employees are happy and healthy. How do you grapple these two worlds from, uh, from, from your vantage point? You know, it, it's, Vishal, it's, it's a great question because I think if you think historically, yes, uh, financial metrics are extremely important. Um, it enables a good metric to determine success, right? Uh, what, what is your business strategy? How do you measure that strategy? And how do you show that you are progressing uh, toward that strategy and that th those successful metrics? I, I don't think any organization moves away from that because I think it's, it, it's foundational. But I think as society has evolved, um, let's say even over the last couple of decades and maybe even more so over the last couple of years, I, I think, and, and companies have become much more global um, in, the, in the marketplace. I, I think the importance of what they do and how they do it um, is, is as, as critical. Um, and it goes back to uh, really, um, you know, the ability to, uh, in, in a couple of ways, one, have the organization stand for certain principles. Because I think in the past, it was just if you deliver successful results, that's OK. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it, it makes a difference. But you also have to make sure that you also stand for certain principles and, and, and have a guide to enable you, uh, you know, to, 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 to direct that in a certain uh, level of direction. I, I will say both the investment community and customers in particular are looking at metrics outside of financial. Um, when we were uh, going through, and I talk about this in, in the book, when we were going through our IPO process, yes, everyone was focused on what our business model was and how that growth was going to play itself out as well as profitability. But we had a large number of investors that were also very uh, diligent in focusing on the culture and the character of, of Anaplan and doing various due diligence uh, around our culture, around the leadership team. Uh, because they understand and appreciate that that makes a difference in the end, uh, in addition to the in the metrics. So that that's that's important. The other thing I think is important is customers are also have different expectations uh, of companies that they do business with. Yes, the product that they buy from those companies is is critical, but they also want to understand and appreciate what what is the value of the organization that I'm buying from. And if it's a negative perception, they're going to steer away. If it's a very positive 
perception as far as what that organization stands for uh, and has been able to demonstrate not only inside but also in their communities, it makes uh, a material difference in, in one, them being a customer and then also them being an excited and also an expanding customer. And we see that for Anaplan as well. Uh, we're, we're a SaaS platform and when our customers buy into um, their, our SaaS platform, they, we, we want to see them repeat uh, on an ongoing basis. And if they're going to make a decision to continue to work with us, you know, who, what we stand for uh, becomes uh, important. It's, it's one of the key attributes, I would say, uh, of Anaplan success. Um, interesting. So, um, if, if, so you talked about culture, right? So let's spend a few minutes on, on the, on the very aspect of culture from, from your vantage point. So, um, you, you're, you're leading an organization, pretty, um, uh, decently sized organization. Culture is a very individualistic phenomena gathered and then, and then aggregated as a whole to create a corporate culture, right? So, um, so from from your vantage point, what role um, does a leader play when it comes to creating a, a a culture that is acceptable or creating a culture that thrives in 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 in, in any ecosystem, vis a vis like uh, culture from from the floor men's or from the from the lowest on the totem poles, right? So bottom up or top down. So from when you look at an organization, how do you decipher that? So first, uh, at a high level, it's both. Um, culture comes from tops down, but bottoms up, and it's important that it comes in, in both those directions. And I'll talk more about that. Um, I, I think a leader has to, first of all, um, set the framework. Um, what, what I've seen work uh, in various companies that I've been part of um, is really laying out that vision, laying out that strategy, and then what is going to be important uh, to be able to execute against that. Um, it establishes the baseline uh, for the business success, but also it, it needs to also identify a purpose. Um, an organization that has a purpose uh, allows a connecting point uh, for the people in that organization to connect to not only just with the vision and the strategy, and, and that the purpose should be aligned to that vision and the strategy. Um, from there, uh, culture comes from values. Uh, the values that the organization, not just the leader, the leader has to demonstrate those, but the organization has to feel a sense of connecting, connection with, with those values. What I found work um, at Anaplan and other organizations, uh, and I'll specifically talk about Anaplan, is that the people within the organization need to participate actively uh, into what those values are and then what the behaviors are that demonstrate success around those values. And at Anaplan, when, when I joined several years ago, uh, we embarked on that, right, to say, okay, what are those core critical values? We opened it up to everybody in the organization, and we had 67% of the population volunteer uh, to participate in work sessions around input uh, and discussion and debate around those values. And we came away with a set of values that was not determined by me or the leadership team, but it was determined by the company that make up uh, the organization uh, along with those behaviors. And we've lived uh, with those uh, values and those behaviors since. Yes, they will continue to evolve and, and be adjusted, but as long as you have that active, you know, tops down, bottoms up and continued engagement um, is, is where it becomes uh, most successful. 
And 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 from from your vantage point, um, we hear a word cult strategy a lot, right? So I'm curious to know um, uh, how our culture and strategy um, play uh, from from uh, from from your mindset or or from from your vantage point. How do you how do you play? Which one is better or which one is worse or how and when is it, it's required? I'm curious. So I, I would just go back to Peter Drucker, and when he said uh, "culture eats strategy for breakfast," um, I think he said it well, um, because you, again, you, you need a successful strategy, but you also need a successful culture. Um, if you don't have a successful culture, I will say that regardless—and this is what Peter Drucker would say—regardless of how good your strategy is, you could fail. And, and so I think it, it really uh, shows, and, and, and it goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. I think as organizations have evolved, and especially in, in the world that we're in today, the global world we're in today, uh, it's becoming uh, more and more important as far as how culture and character of an organization plays out. Uh, I, I talked about customers before. I could talk about, t- uh, you know, employees. I mean, we, you know, everyone talks about the war on talent and how every year it seems to get worse rather than better. Um, it's a very competitive world. There's a strong need for talent. Uh, the way that you attract talent is to have an organization that has a character and a culture that attracts and retains that talent. If not, uh, they'll go elsewhere. And not only to attract and retain, but as I said before, allow them to do their best work. And when they can be authentic, when they can feel inclusive, when, when they can be open and, and collaborative and, and bring their best selves to their job, to their, uh, you know, their professional life, uh, you're going to get the best results. And uh, when that all kind of comes together is, is where success um, then helps drive uh, the, the, the overall strategy uh, execution. I think that's that's fascinating, and, and you talk about last 15, 15 months, and I think that's a, um, I'm, I think that's a that's a that's a interesting time for all of us, right? And most of us are are, are grappling, still grappling, and and trying to coming back. So I'm curious, as as a leader of an organization, when you see, say, uh, if we rewind ourselves to so say March or February, when we are seeing sort of some writing on the wall, things are acting and reacting, and we are it's just it it's just constantly um the situation is building and we don't know what to do about that as a leader of an organization i i'm curious to know what's going inside uh, inside you of how to keep this this ship running and float and motivated as you don't as you are chartering in the world of i don't know what's going on you know uh, vishal it, it's it's a big part of why um you know if you would ask me this question like why the book why now hmm. Um, uh, it, I can I can weave that into this 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 question because it's it's critical. I think as as everyone, uh, if you go back to March of last year, um, everyone was faced with a significant change in a short amount of time, and I don't think anyone knew at that time how best to uh, adjust and deal with it. Whether it was leaders or whether it was you know individuals that were part of uh, the the organizations that 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 uh, at that time. Uh, we were all thrown into a, a situation where everything was now remote. Um, and I think there were probably a couple of weeks where there was a learning and an understanding. 
And, and to answer your question, um, throughout, but early, but also throughout the last 15 months, we all learned and developed. Um, and I think the big realization that many of us had is that we are resilient, right? And that you can find different ways of doing things. Success for me, and not to say, and, and you know, it also was an opportunity for me to listen and learn to other peers because there was, there was a lot of outreach, especially early on in the first couple of months, like what are you doing? How are you dealing with that, right? So it allowed for a better connecting point uh, to listen and to learn and share. And so from my standpoint, what I, what I learned early on was a point about empathy. Uh, empathy internal and empathy external. Empathy internal was to listen and understand and appreciate the amount of change and disruption that employees in the organization were going through and what it really meant for them and what were ways of, of help, helping them through uh, solutioning some of that, uh, that change and that challenge. Externally, I, I think first it's, it's with customers, right, that you work with, partners that you work with. And again, empathy and listening and learning uh, what they were going through. And I think by listening and learning, you were able to find ways, again, of, of reaching out and helping. I mean, from Anaplan's perspective, we, we, we created something called Anaplan Helps during that time where we made our platform available uh, for 90 days uh, for free because we felt there was customers were trying to, you know, get their businesses stood up or deal with some societal issue that they were dealing with. Some, and allowing our platform to be able to provide that help what was was an offer of help, but we learned a lot. And as a result, uh, we developed some great goodwill um, as, as part of it. And then the third part is the, the the listening and learning or showing empathy in the communities that we were part of. I mean, shortly going into it, Black Lives Matter uh, with the George Floyd situation, but various other things then developed throughout the year, listening and learning, what that really meant to the community, what that really meant to members of our company, uh, either actively participating in that or just listening uh, and 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 uh, appreciating uh, some of the dynamics that went around that was was also a good learning experience of, of, of really kind of expressing empathy. So the first step was empathy. The next step was uh, being somewhat inclusive in bringing others in um, to help work through some of the solutions and some of the challenges. And I think as a result, um, organizations, um, you know, found ways of working through it. Um, we found that it was okay uh, to work at home, um, to be able to deal with the personal as well as the professional. It was okay to engage with others, um, you know, remotely through video rather than in, in person. And, and things, you know, continued to uh, progress and improve over a period of time. So I think that that was kind of the biggest learning experience I, I developed and and reaching out to other CEOs and, and hearing and, and listening to what they were doing and how they were working through that um, allowed me to then create some more notes and more nuggets and more experiences that I wanted to share um, in Upstanding. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Now let's spend a few minutes on the book. So, um, by the way, very interesting title. Um, why the title? I'm curious the story behind the title. So I, I think the character, um, character, as I said um, at the start of our conversation, uh, this personal character is this corporate character. Mm -hmm. and, and I think um, all of us from a personal perspective 
you know, would like us to ourselves to be viewed as having an upstanding character, right? I mean, that's what we all strive for, right? Um, and and I think, and there are a lot of good things that go around that, uh, you know, an upstanding character. But I think upstanding character also applies to an organization. And if an organization does truly have, uh, as I said before, a purpose uh, with values and behaviors uh, that are acknowledged um, and and supported, um, and and that becomes their uh, the kind of the guideline uh, for overall success. I mean, you you could strive and should strive uh, to have an upstanding character. Uh, for an organization. And I think that upstanding character then starts aligning to your success as a business and as an, as an organization. And, and thank you for sharing that. So um, I'm curious to know at what point you thought, hey, let me write a book about character, like from, from your, your journey. Um, is it some, is it, is it because of the life hacks that you have seen that has helped you be where you are today? I'm like when I was reading. I'm, I'm I was curious that at what point you said, "Okay, let me let me pen it down." So um, again, I've been doing this over thirty years. I've worked for some great. Org- I've been fortunate to work for some great organizations that have uh, really had uh, culture as a foundation. I mean, it's been over twenty years at IBM, and the years I was at IBM, IBM was growing at a very successful rate. The key that was part of that culture was respect for the individual. And I remember early on in my career, uh, really understanding and appreciating the level of respect that I received as an employee of IBM that allowed me to have a very successful career over those 20 years, which is why I stayed. That that has resonated with me uh, throughout my career. When I worked at Cisco for over 12 years, you know, I worked with a group of leaders, John Chambers and others, that walked the talk when it came to culture. Again part of an organization that was very successful. I was there growing uh, very aggressively, but spent a significant amount of time um, as leaders, but also encouraging all in the organization to focus on what made Cisco special uh, from a cultural perspective. When I went to Red Hat, um, Red Hat was known as an open source. It is an open source company as far as product, but it also had an open culture, culture that, allowed a lot of empowerment uh, throughout the organization with accountability, but allowed people to be authentic, to be able to speak their mind, uh, to be able to contribute regardless of level. And so from that perspective, I learned another aspect of culture. And so my years of experience, uh, uh, not only on the business side, as I talked about earlier, but more on the cultural side, allowed me to, 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 to see the importance of culture and character. And so I've developed a lot of good experiences. I've also been able to, in, in, in those companies, engage with a lot of other leaders, whether they were customers of mine, um, colleagues, um, or even uh, peers, other CFOs, that I was able to learn their perspectives um, around culture, around character. And then over the past 15 months, uh, with all the change that was going on, as I, I, I mentioned, um, it, it had me step back and reflect to say, mm-hmm. all of that, this is a time where maybe others uh, could appreciate not just my um, experiences, but also uh, some of the other leaders. And I talk 
in the book, I've interviewed a lot of other leaders uh, during that process, and I shared their uh, direct thoughts around culture, around character in various sections in the book. And so I felt this was a good opportunity for others to, to learn from that as well and try to capture that uh, within Upstanding. I think that, 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 that's, fa that's fascinating. So um, from your vantage point, how do you know if an organization is character-led? Like if they are, um, if their culture is inspired or they have a character-led organization, I'm curious. Ask the people. I mean, so, 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 so there, there are different measures. Um, and so let me, let me kind of go down that path. Um, I mean, most organizations have done the traditional, which is surveys, right? As far as, hmm. and there's certain questions in surveys that really get at culture or character. Um, and, and I think those continue to work because you, you can, you can get a sense of the morale and the sense of morale is usually tied a lot to the culture. And so you can learn when you have a strong culture, uh, when you have areas that, you know, require some, some attention. Um, so of course, having not too many surveys, but having the right questions asked at certain times to, to get that barometer, I think is important. There's something else um, which we're experimenting with right now, which I think is going to be um, important, hopefully going forward, which is uh, what I uh, talk in the book about a belonging index, mm. where it's, it's, a, it's a different type of survey um, because the questions are different, but it starts to ask questions around how you feel about your sense of belonging within that organization. Uh, we're doing some work right now with UC Berkeley um, and professors at UC Berkeley that have already begun experimenting around belonging now for, for some period of time. And we've I've decided to be one of the early companies to be part of that process. And so we're in the early stages, but we're, we're working with UC Berkeley and also within Anaplan uh, to start to measure belonging. And I think as we do, hopefully we'll share that and also other companies are going through that process as well. I think with UC Berkeley, that could be a good way of, of sharing with organizations going forward that here are some more, even more successful measures of, of, of culture and character and, and, and the connecting point that people feel to those organizations. Interesting. And, and I'm, I'm curious to know your point of view. How much sh influence should a, a CEO has when it comes to building a culture? or building or, or helping understand the character. Like, I'm curious that, should they have a voice? Will they have, like, I'm curious to know your point of view. Um, I, I think a leader has a voice, um, but not the voice or the only voice. Um, I think uh, it, it's up to a leader to really kind of stand up and, and show that he or she uh, takes culture and character seriously. Um, and as a result of, that and then providing that framework uh, for how the co company should um, uh, can take that seriousness and 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 really help develop uh, and evolve that culture, but then embrace others in the organization um, and make them feel. I mean, the, the last thing I've always I've I've tried to uh, steer away from is where the organization feels it's up to the leader, the CEO. Like, oh, the culture is because of Frank or the culture needs to go, Frank, you need to do this. Or Frank, if you would do that, 
yes, a leader helps set the direction, but a leader is not going to enable that to happen, the people in the organization. So if the leader can then turn it back and say, we uh, can work together in these ways, uh, and I'm relying on you to make the difference as well, um, that makes it a two-way street. And I think that's where uh, a, a good culture can continue to uh, can continue to, to evolve and, and be positive. Uh, thank you for walking us through that. So um, when you're writing this book, what what is the reader that you have in mind? Like who who do you who did you wrote this book for? Um, so it 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 brings about um, my experiences. It brings about other experiences from organizations I've been part of and other leaders that I've been connected with. And so it's written for anyone um, that wants to learn about the importance of culture and character and organization, uh, some ways uh, to uh, enhance um, culture and character in a positive way, and then also how they could help participate um, in, in the strength of, of culture and character in an organization. Um, I think that's, that's awesome. And thank you so much for, for helping us understand understand what's behind Upstanding. And thank you for for putting it out there for folks to to learn and 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 understand your vantage point and how to build a robust culture culture and and a very inclusive character and and thank you. So now we are. By the um, way, one thing, one thing I want to jump in there on that point. Um, again, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect in plan. Learning and experiencing. I see. I see also upstanding as a, as a, a further vehicle mm -hmm. for more dialogue and discussion around this. And so hopefully, my other objective is to continue to learn not only within Anaplan, but from others, the reactions to the book, various mm -hmm. other forums that we can have as a result of having more dialogue with leaders or even uh, folks within organizations around this topic. Beautifully put. So now, now let's let's get on, 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 on a segment we call Rapid Fire. So um, basically uh, how this will work is I'll ask you something and just tell me what comes to your mind. And then if you feel you want to add more, feel free to add more as well. So should we start? Yeah, sounds good. So, so startups. I, I would say exciting and also greenfield optimism. Entrepreneurship. Um, brave and rewarding. Failures. Uh, I mentioned this before. I think they're essential in the learning experience. Hmm. Growth. Um, it doesn't happen by chance. Culture. I, I really think that's that, that's the secret sauce. I mean, like I, I think we talked about throughout this uh, this session. It, it becomes it becomes your ability to be successful to really win. Interesting. Um, founder. I've worked with uh, quite a few founders over the years. I, I would say a true believer, um, someone who's unwavering with his or her beliefs. And as a result, in most times, uh, they get success from that. Disruption. Oh, I, I guess you know, as I think about that, people come to mind, people like Thomas Edison, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, 
um, you know, people that I think really have brought about um, significant change from disruption. Interesting. Um, jobs of future. Doing what's right. Future of startups. I would say innovation continues to thrive. Um, I think that's going to be important for, you know, future startups to, to continue innovation. I mean, that's where innovation comes from. Um, you know, even at the smallest levels uh, with startups and how they, they go about doing what they do, both from a business. And I think also it extends into some of the social issues that uh, startups take positions on as well. Uh, future of organizations. I, I guess I have to say this character matters, right? Uh, you know, as, as we talked about, I think, you know, I, I think we're at a point right now where I, I don't think organizations can go back. I think they can only go forward with, with, with all that we've experienced. And I think going forward means that character is going to be even more important, like it is in personal character uh, for organizations, uh, for customers, as well as for employees. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, we ask all of our guests to sh share some of the books that they have read that they have that have inspired them. I I'm curious, like there are some certain books that you want to call out. So, so uh, one um, as you bring that up, To Kill a Mockingbird kind of comes out to me, and I I'll tell you, I read it many, many years ago, um, and it always made an impact to me. And and then more recently, my son had to read it. Um, as, as he's going to school. And so we had to um, have a, a little bit of a dialogue in this. And then right before um, we went into COVID, I was in New York and I was able to see the Broadway uh, play, which I thought was uh, outstanding. Um, it was so moving. Uh, the acting was fantastic. The story, of course, was fantastic. And uh, I was moved to the whole, I think it was like two and a half hours. But I think it's one that, it's, it's a classic in so many different ways. And it's, it, it's kind of resonated with me at different parts of my life. And I think even now, if I, you know, if I reflect back with some of the core uh, themes of the book, it's, it's very relevant today. Um, thank you for sharing that. So now last but not the least. So if you want something uh, that our listeners and viewers could take away from this conversation, what would that be? What would be your closing remark for, for our listeners and viewers? I guess that as I started, I would I would end with the whole thing about character. Just like personal character is important to each and every one of us, um, organizational character um, is is as important. Um, and I would you know again ask uh, all of you to to give some thought to organizational character as far as the organizations that you're part of, um, and to self reflect on that, but also to see what you can do to help. Um, you know, improve or drive uh, a better, uh, more engaged um, organizational character uh, for the people in the organization and also for those around the organization, customers, um, as well as um, society in general. With that, uh, thank you so much, Frank, for, for, for sitting with us and, and uh, spending, uh, helping us understand the, the, how to lead an organization that builds characters and work constantly, as you're rightly saying, that it's a work in progress. Uh, and it should remain work in progress and, and should always keep on evolving. And thank you for everything you're doing 
to educate and empower communities to understand this message and and sort of basically help create a robust uh, as you said character that build thriving cultures and and thank you for for the book and thank you for your time on on the show and vishal thank you for the opportunity to um be able to uh, talk to your listeners and i look forward to engaging with you again thank you Thank you.